So if we uh, hit play on uh, your like your car stereo, what was the last good song that you listened to? Um, I'm trying to think what's the last thing I was listening to that made me stay in the car and listen until the song was over. Alexis Kid Safer, the executive director of Seven Hills Neighborhood Houses, has been with the neighborhood house for over 20 years. As one of the last neighborhood or settlement houses in Cincinnati, Seven Hills Neighborhood Houses provides basic needs support, advocacy for victims of crime and trauma, recreation, community development, and so much more. Maybe it wasn't a song. Maybe it was a book. Maybe it was a radio program. Maybe it was a song. Probably Lose Control by In Vogue was probably the last one. Had me sit in my car until it was over. <laughs> So, Alexis, thank you so much um, for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you so for exciting. having me. Yay! <laughs> Hopefully it's worth the time for it, you. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, can you tell me about your background? Are you from Cincinnati? Did you go I to school here? Not. I went to college here, but I'm from Sandusky, Ohio, small <laughs> town up north. So, Cedar Point. Everybody knows it for Cedar Point. And so, that's where I'm from. Um, I came down to go to UC and started off in, um, what was my major when I started? Um AET, Architectural Engineering Technology, but I always loved working with youth and children and always gravitated towards jobs that would allow me to do that. Oh, so was that before it was DAP? They had DAP. We were So it was a college OCUS, Ohio College of Applied Sciences. It's over in Victory Parkway, so it had its own little um, division over there. Okay. So what got you, did you start working with youth when you were in that program, or what kind of got you interested in that? So it had nothing to do with youth. I've always worked with youth. Every summer uh, job I had, everything always led to that. Even when I was supposed to do my um, my um, summer internship, I ended up taking a job <laughs> with youth. And actually, it was a summer camp down here at Lincoln Courts and Lower Homes. I used to work with Granny's Love was my first official job here in Cincinnati. Oh, so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like... That was um, a recurring theme in the work that you actually were choosing. Absolutely. It was, it was where my heart was. Um, youth has always been at the heart of what I love to do. Even with what I do now, it's like, okay, progression of um, what I've done is always like directly working with kids. And it's like, okay, how do you help kids? You, you support families. And beyond families, you support community. And so um, my role is really truly gravitated towards trying to make a greater impact in the lives of our children. Okay. I love that. So how did you start working for Seven Hills Neighborhood Houses? So I was doing AmeriCorps. So um, I served in AmeriCorps for two years um, at Heberly School when that was still open. And um, at the time, kids were showing up before school and hanging out after school. And there was no supervision. There was no one in the school that wanted to take care of the kids or allow them in. Teachers were like, we're trying to get ready. But we knew it wasn't safe for the kids just to be out on the playground or running around the neighborhood. And Mm -hmm. so um, they presented me with the opportunity to work before school and started before school program. And so that's what I did. And so. Um, with that, I would help kids in the morning before school getting homework done, creating that calm and peaceful atmosphere, playing some games a little bit, and then sending them on to breakfast when that actually opened up. So mm-hmm. I got kids off the streets and into the school so they had a safe place before school started. Okay. And so um, 
you were doing AmeriCorps with Seven Hills Neighborhood Houses? Correct. Yeah, so I did, um, so yeah, AmeriCorps was during the day for the school. I did um, tutoring for um, the kids with the lowest percentile of reading skills. And so I worked with those during the day. And then, so the morning program, I worked um, with for Seven Hills for that morning program. And then I would stay after and do after school programs with uh, some of my fellow AmeriCorps members. Okay. And then can you kind of talk about like, yeah, then like your progression. Sure. You know, from AmeriCorps to Executive Director of Seven Hills Neighborhood Houses. Absolutely. So um, I stuck with um, with CPS for about four years. And so for Seven Hills, I, like I mentioned, I did the before school program. And then they were like, well, would you be willing to do the after school program for us? I'm like, well, I'm already doing it for, you know, out of my own passion. So I started getting paid to do the after school program for Seven Hills. And so I did morning after school programs. And then that next summer they were like, well, do you want to run our summer camp? So I ended up, um, after AmeriCorps was over, um, I did the before after school programs, work for the school, CPS during the daytime, and then did the summers with Seven Hills. And then from there, I think it was like 2007, they offered me a full-time job to actually oversee all youth programs, so school-based programs and the ones that were run at the centers and schools. Um, and so I went ahead and took that role on and left CPS. Okay. So did that... Did things kind of change when the schools that were kind of closer to Seven Hills Neighborhood Houses closed? So my actually, I transitioned from Haverly and went and worked at um, College Hill Fundamental Academy for mm-hmm. two or three years. Um, I got um, cut from there. They were like downsized, and I was the last man on a totem pole, and so um, I shifted to over there. And so it was like seeing, it was night and day seeing what Haverly School was. It's, you know, I loved working at Haverly, but also seeing where the resources and the level of involvement and what our kids should have been um, receiving in our neighborhood, but seeing that quality of education and care and compassion in North Carolina, I mean, not North Carolina, but Carolina Fundamental Academy really helped me see, okay, we got to bring some more down here. Gotcha. Wow. So you left for a bit and then came back. I was still, okay, so <laughs> crazy. So I was working at... Um, I was working at um, College Hill Fundamental Academy during the day. Okay. And then I would come back for the after-school programs at Heverly School. So I still was at Heverly doing the after-school program um, for the kids there. Okay. And then, like I said, and in the summer camps with Seven Hills. Okay. Wow. All right. I was young, so I had energy then. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what has motivated you to stay with Seven Hills Neighborhood Houses for um, so long? I still love the West End. I still... So when I came to Cincinnati, just a little background, when I came here, um, I'm from a small town. So anytime you make eye contact with anybody, you speak. And especially if you see an African-American, because there are very few up in Sandusky. Like, so you definitely speak. And so when I came here and I'm like, I see somebody and you make eye contact, you say hello. And then people look at you like you're crazy. And I was like, OK, when I graduate, I'm getting out of Cincinnati. I'm just not staying here. It's not friendly enough. But then when I arrived in the West End, it was like it was very familial, like people did connect people did speak to you and as crazy people try to say oh this neighborhood is not safe or it's this violent everyone was so inviting everyone was so connected families were clearly um important and valued down here and I was like okay I found a neighborhood and I found a reason I could stay in the neighborhood and so for me Seven Hills was then that natural progression to be able to then stay in the West End and serve further and so whether it be volunteering mentoring or even working that was my connection to be able to stay Okay. What do you think is commonly misunderstood about Seven Hills Neighborhood Houses? <laughs> I think, one, that we have a whole lot of money. <laughs> we can do whatever we want. Um, that um, we think we run things down here. And 
I think there's all kinds of crazy narratives going on about Seven Hills. Um, but I mean, it just takes a lot to operate um, the facility that we have and do all that we want to do um, and to continue to doing everything that we do. I had another question on here where I was going to ask you, can you kind of give us a, a historical overview of Seven Hills neighborhood houses? Okay. So there there may be some gaps because <laughs> there are some parts that I'm not totally familiar with. But um, I do know, like, Finley Street um, Settlement House was the start of it in 42. It was a Finley Street Settlement House. There were two missionaries that came down from Canada um, and were granted the church. At the time, this is when the transition of Germans were leaving and others were leaving. Um, white population was dwindling a little bit, and it was more about poor and African-Americans that were kind of taken over in the neighborhood. And so the church was really not being used, and it was granted to these missionaries to actually do the work of a settlement house. And so they were doing after-school programs, athletics, um, feeding the poor, um, the whole nine. Anything that the needs were in the neighborhood, those missionaries tried to fill. Um, to the point where it was like kids need to have softer places as well. And so they founded Camp Joy. So Camp Joy was actually originally out of Seven Hills Neighborhood Houses or Finley Street Settlement House before it became its own entity. Um, so they would take the kids in a beat-up truck and drive them out to um, softer places, so Camp Joy. And so that was for many years they did that. That was Cap and Sadie. And then there were some other stewards that took on after them fast forward to seven hills neighborhood houses um so in 42 the the inception of finley street settlement house happened in 61 um individuals got together and said okay due to the racial uh, racial issues in our city we need to do something um for healing it was um the episcopal church that came about and said let's figure something out and so what they did was merge the east end settlement house with um, the Finley Street Settlement House, and that's how we became Seven Hills Neighborhood Houses. Even though we don't sit on any hills, <laughs> but just being, being known as the Seven Hills Neighborhood Houses. So um, so that's when Seven Hills was um, formed in 61 and incorporated. Um, since that time, still doing the work of a settlement house, um, the leadership of, so the first director at that time was um, Reverend Maurice McCracken, so if you don't know him, powerful figure that needs to be looked up and should be celebrated more in our city. There actually used to be a Maurice McCracken Day down here in the West End that I would love to see revived. Um, but he was pretty radical in terms of um, trying to make changes in terms of racial um, um, justice. And um, he did a lot of hunger strikes. He did um, a lot of collections to try to help people who, when they registered down south, um, and their mortgages were called on because they registered to vote. Um, African Americans down there, he would do these um, drives for money to help them pay their mortgages so they didn't lose their homes. So mm -hmm. he was pretty radical. I think he was one of the ones, one of the first to jump over the, the fence of the White House and um, protest. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, eventually the organization let him go because they um, claimed that he was a communist. He went to freedom schools. He knew... Um, um, Reverend um, Dr. Martin Luther King and others that fought with him. He was one of those revolutionaries. Mm -hmm. So I stand on some tall shoulders at the neighborhood <laughs> house. And even when I think about today and some of the struggles that we have, it's kind of like, okay, this is nothing new for the organization. The position that I stand in, um, in terms of advocacy and work for the neighborhood, it's nothing new for our organization. It mm -hmm. comes with the territory. And so Reverend Maurice McCracken um, yeah, it was pivotal. He was the first, like I said, director. And then from that, the Epic House was founded. Community Land Co-op was founded. Um, 
I think West Presbyterian Church came about with under his um, leadership as well. And so there's a lot that was happening during that time. Um, and then from him, there was a few other stewards. The next, I think, huge figure was um, Jerome Jenkins. He was one that really um, moved Seven Hills beyond just the Finley Street neighborhood house location and East End. Um, they began working in um, Lincoln Heights and did like a senior center and, and youth program out there for a while. Um, and then um, with him, there was also, we started exploring school-based programs. And we were one of the first to actually do school-based programs. Um, Seven Hills was the first to actually have um, um, daycare facilities, too, like outside of schools and outside of homes. Seven Hills was the first to actually do it in the city. And so we were mm-hmm. one, recognized, actually, as one of the groups that got together form four C's as well. And so... Um, from that time, we also did some educating, helping people, individuals that were doing in-home daycare on their own, getting them certified and licensed as providers. And so we did that work around that. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's pretty much the history that we're standing in today. Wow. So um, real quick, what is a settlement house? So settlement houses, before rec- recreation centers became um, in existence, before cities started doing them, settlement houses were what? popped up in neighborhoods. So they were that gathering place. They were their safe spaces for children and families. They were that resource, a place of connection, and just, you know, respite for folks. So, Okay. Awesome. All right. Uh, what West End projects are you looking forward to in 2024? Ooh. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to the Trauma Recovery Center being completed. Um, so Seven Hills Neighborhood House became um, the Trauma Recovery Center recognized by the state of Ohio um, back in 2016. We've been operating out of our current center, but when you talk about trauma victims, they really need quiet spaces. They need places to heal or just really focus on that. And so although we have our great facility, they need their own entity, their own space. And so we're, we're changing our old administrative office on Freeman Avenue into the Trauma Recovery Center of Cincinnati. And so I look forward to that. And with that, that's where the office will be for our staff, so the counseling, the social workers, um, the classes, the group counseling. But there's also going to be beds for emergency, temporary emergency sheltering. And so if there's a woman that the police pick up, she doesn't need to go to jail, doesn't need medical care, but she needs a safe space that night because of whatever issue, then they'll be able to bring her there. Um, someone that has suffered from domestic violence um, may not be able to get into other shelters, depending on the call, the time, they might be full then our connection with the hospital allow them to come to us and stay in a bed until we can get them um, a permanent shelter if they can't return home and others. So we're excited about that. And so that, is, that should give, there's going to be a, a family suite inside of there as well as um, double two double occupancy rooms and then one ADHD compliant um, apartment for someone too. So I'm excited about that. Um, our West End affordable projects that we do in partnership with the Port Authority, um, the first of the the three buildings is completed. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting some tenants in that building on um, in, on the Lynn Street property and then getting those coal rain properties finished and completed so that we can get those um, outfitted as well. The other one I'm excited about is, so we did receive some funding support pending a presentation with the city. So we plan on doing that presentation. And so with that, um, we're receiving funds to, one, um, increase African-American home ownership, and two, um, build up businesses in the neighborhood. And so 
one of the goals we have for the homeownership piece is potentially helping to buy down the cost of mortgages for individuals who may not be able to get the price point that people are asking right now. Um, the West End is an expensive place to build, to rehab, and to live in. And that, I mean, that's indicative of our whole community and our city and our, our country right now. And so we want to make sure that there's a price point for African Americans to enter into home ownership opportunities. And so we'll be using those funds to leverage um, mortgage costs so that, one, a developer does not have to go down on their price. They can still get what the property's value is, but allow that to get to a price point where an African-American family can be comfortable to move into it and not be um, house burdened and have risk of losing that home. And so that one we're excited about. And the other one we're excited about is actually getting money um, to um, funnel into businesses. And so some of these storefronts that are being worked on, they already have um, ideas and um, like CMHA has one that's going to be a grocery store. And so we would love to see money going to that to support the market. So our goal is to buy down the cost on the white boxing. So if we can get something to white box or plus so that um, that business can have less of a burden financially to go into it or the owner of the building has less financial risk on investing, mm-hmm. we want to make sure that those um, come about. So like 8K has a building on Freeman Avenue. There's some other um, developments on Freeman Avenue that will bring some businesses in the neighborhood. And so if we can assist them by putting 50000 to 100000 into a space to allow for that white box plus to get um, done Mm -hmm. then we want to make that happen so that the West End can experience a boost in our businesses and so community serving businesses at that I mean we don't have a market we don't have a laundromat we need more eatery options and opportunities for our residents and so those are things that we're looking at um, supporting Wow that's a lot coming up in 2024 right it's exciting awesome how can people support Seven Hills Neighborhood Houses and its mission? Financial is one, um, but then even just showing up, showing up, um, continue to give voice. We are client-driven, and so there's nothing that we brought about, any program we brought about, any issues that we tackled that we said, okay, in our own little uh, minds we think is big. We always listen to community's um, voice in terms of what's needed, um, what are the drivers, um, what should our focus be? And so we definitely love to hear from community in terms of um, where we need to focus at, what are some things that we're not doing well or things that we are doing well that they want to see continue. And so offering your voice, offering support, um, and even expertise. There's some areas of expertise that you have that you're willing to give time, your talent. We're willing to take it. So Awesome. Uh, there was something I wanted to go back to. So last time we spoke You spoke about, and you don't have to share this if you don't want to, um, that Seven Hills Neighborhood House um, almost shut down. Oh, yeah. Can you discuss that? Absolutely. So, um, yes. (laughs) So Seven Hills has had, like I said, when I talk about people saying, oh, we got this wealth of um, money and all these, you know, I guess resources is not always true. And it's it's not true now. And it definitely wasn't true a few years ago. So, um, so prior to my time taking over, so when I stepped into role, at, like I mentioned, 2007, when I came on board, I was like, okay, I'll join full time. Um, I didn't know the situation that Seven Hills was under. So at the time, um, we were losing funding from United Way um, for, for various reasons. Seven Hills was losing funding from United Way. They were getting, they're in transition of new director. And the director that came in and stepped in just did not do a good job in terms of stewardship. Just yeah, was not a good steward. And so there are times where we actually lost um, funding to a point where some folks were like, how are you able to survive? How are you all still standing? And so with that, it was just like there were times where our staff was volunteering. Um, I did two and a half years of volunteering myself. 
um, just to keep the doors open, just to be able to continue to serve. Um, there were times that we didn't have heat in our building, um, so we had the little heaters on in every room just to try to keep us warm and, and programming going for our kids and community. And so, no, we definitely had our struggles in that. And so there were even times where we had, when I stepped in as, as um, interim executive director, um, I think they were nearly a million dollars in debt, if not more. And so I had a group of dedicated board members and friends, the organization that really stuck and helped us dig out and figure out a plan to keep our organization going. Um, because, yeah, there are so many thank you, Lord, moments um, for Seven Hills that were still there and still standing um, to a point where um, at one point our board didn't even have um, insurance. Thank God they have it now. We're not playing with that stuff now. But it could have been where those individuals, if they weren't brave enough to continue to stand, um, that our organization were folded, but at the same time they put themselves at risk that their accounts could have been hit and they could have been in financial jeopardy for their own lives by continuing to stay on our board and support Seven Hills when they had so many issues of debt. Um, so yeah, thankfully uh, all those areas have been cleaned up. Um, I think there were liens on every single thing that we owned at one point in time when I took over, so all the liens are gone. Um, but yeah, there's it's just definitely um, a day-by-day thing that we continue to work and make sure that we are good stewards over what we have. And so since I've taken over um, and then the team that I've assembled and our board who are awesome, awesome members, just we have good stewardship and um, we just make sure that we're doing what we say we're going to do and we don't take on more than we can handle for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> and last question, if you could make three things happen in the West End instantly, what would they be? I think unity in our neighborhood would be one. I think there's a lot more that could be done. I think we'd have a lot more progress. I think we could have some more political capital if we all spoke at one voice. Not saying that we agree on every issue, but unity in terms of the ultimate prize for our neighborhood. I think that's one thing I would love to see. Um, Let's see. Two... Okay, that's a good question because I'm like, okay, what are the, if I had, so unity would be one. Um, two, would let, allow all of our kids to know that they're safe, they're loved, they're protected, and make sure that the, the resources are there to allow that. Like, this building should not be one floor. We should at least have three floors in this library. The number of kids, the number of people that count on this space, um, deserve more our kids deserve more in our neighborhood and so there should be a maker space for our kids down here there should be an adult floor for our our folks down here so definitely that would be done so the developments i say so one the library two um romac would be done there'd be no question and then even the first general reform church those three would be pivotal to me to see those things happening because when i talk about at the heart kids those things would support our kids um and then the third thing i'd like to see hmm good question I'd like to see something where stability was for all. And so we have a lot of our residents um, who still are at some level of risk of displacement. Um, so in the housing study from 2019, it spells about like 40, 44% of our residents have some level of displacement. Um, and that level varies for a reason. So whether it be seniors in fixed incomes, tax um, taxes going up, um, someone who has a, on just a... Um, a private owner of a building decides they want to double their rent because they can get it now and those folks can't afford it anymore. Um, so making sure that we have products that everyone can have stable housing down here for those that want to remain. So over 86% of our residents surveyed said they want to remain in the neighborhood. 
And some of them we know live in deplorable conditions. And so for them to say they still love this neighborhood, like I love this neighborhood and want to stay here, we need to make sure that the conditions are suitable for them. If you'd like to learn more about Seven Hills Neighborhood Houses, visit the website 7hillsnh.org. Again, that's the number 7hillsnh.org. Or check them out on Facebook or Twitter to learn about upcoming events. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the West End Stories Project. The West End Stories Project is brought to you by the Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Library and is co-produced by your host, Key, and our reference coordinator, Kent Mulcahy. If you like what you've heard, listen and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and help us get discovered by leaving a review. Thank you. When we grew up there, growing up in the projects, two things happened that I was totally unaware of. As you start growing, you start realizing that there's no Santa Claus because ain't no fat white guy coming down to the projects after dark, and we didn't even have a chimney. <laughs> Santa Claus comes straight to the ghetto. Yeah, that was the reason they said that's why I was like, ghetto kids like, Santa Claus ain't coming here. A thing that is so totally different than we were children, we're not allowed to set among adults. When adults gathered, uh, they didn't have to tell you to leave. You knew to get up and leave. You know, it was just a totally different world. I got put out of the I got put out the Catholic school though. Cause I come home with holes in my pants. Cause we were playing over there, and we weren't allowed to wear gym shoes over here at the Catholic school. So I'd be playing in dress shoes and be slipping and falling, tearing holes in my pants. And I used to tell my mom they come from there in the church all the time. Remember that? I remember that. Stay tuned for more West End Stories Project updates in 2024.